Welcome to Two Dads Against the World, where we take on the funny world we live in, one diaper change, one soccer practice, one homework assignment at a time. Join us as we chat about everything from raising kids, facing the challenges of everyday life, and whatever we enjoy and makes us laugh. Yes, we will rant and we will laugh and maybe we'll eventually learn something, but no guarantees. Scotty, how are you doing? I are good. This is an exciting day. It is a good day. It's Friday for us. Yeah. Finally recording again on a Friday. Yeah, I made you all late, so I'm sorry. Well, you know, you're taking care of the family, getting some bacon on the table. Can't complain about that. No, or, I didn't do any of that. What were you doing? Playing, well, I didn't playing see golf the, in I, October? I didn't even get to see the kids today, and I didn't bring any groceries home, so no, I just fucking drove around northern Alberta. Hey, do you want something? Hey, do you want something from my truck? Want something else from my... Is that pretty much what you do for a living? Exactly. <laughs> I nailed it. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> I got some popsicles Except here. Except it's a van and there's shrimp in the back. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's Alberta. I usually just try and tell people it's a truck, but it's just, it's a van full of shrimp. It, there it is. There it is. Hey, today we got the uh, awesome chance, our first guest of the season. Mm-hmm. We're joined by Brian Rice. For today's episode, uh, so a little introduction, just to let you know, Scott. Brian is the owner and instructor of the Ravens Three Ravens Bushcraft Survival School, and works as a fire inspector in Alberta, Canada, and has served in the Canadian military as a member of the Princess Patricia's Canadian Life Light Infantry. I almost got it out; didn't quite get there. But anyways, so this man, Brian. Brian, welcome to the show. And thank you for Thanks. your service, Brian. As well, I didn't realize that. Oh, you're you're welcome. I, it, I I always find it weird when I'm thanked for that because for me, I always thought of it as just uh, just another job, you know. And uh, so, you know, even in 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 the fire service, when I get that, and people are like, "Oh, thank you for your service," I'm like, "Oh, you're welcome." You know, uh-huh. I don't, you know, okay. Well, honestly, I say thank you because <laughs> it, 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 you're just that much better of a person than me. Number one, I would never fight to defend this country. Unless it was actually led by someone I give a shit about. And number huh. two, if the, burn, the building's on fire, go get marshmallows. Like, I just... <laughs> fuck, I am... If there was an anti-hero in this, I'm that guy. I am really yeah. that guy. We, we realize is. this. Anti, oh. <laughs> anti-hero. Yeah, there you go. See, that's probably my there water bottle. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, So, if, for those that are just listening to us, Brian, just out of the blue, we didn't plan this... He has a water bottle says anti here on it. What the heck? How do you have why do you have that just lying around? What's the story behind that? Uh well this is just you know, if um I guess it's a skateboard company or something, but yes, uh, it is. this is just my, my water bottle and uh Oh, Foo um, Fighters on the other side, I noticed that. Man, yeah, he's our, you know, he's our guy. stuff, right? So um you know, water bottles get stickers on them. So That's right. I, uh, that's wait. It's good it's a good plan. I should get some. Mine's pretty. Mine's lame. Yeah, mine is really forward. lame. Mine has yeah, scuffs from being dropped out of my truck. That's about it. I got dents. Ha- yeah, yeah, it helps with that too, right? I mean, it kind mm. of shields it a little bit. Not like it really matters. You know? Yeah, all I got all of mine is just it's just blue. Mm. Oh, look how fancy that is. Hey, wife picked I'll have that to get you some stickers. Yeah, give me a sticker or two. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll get you some swag. Yeah, some three ravens swag. Shra- shra- this is, I'm drinking tea. I'm not drinking anything else, and I can't even speak. No, Three Ravens Bushcraft. So, yeah, do you got stickers for your company? I do, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, I, um, hook me up. I'll have to swing by and drop some off. I like that. I like that very much. So one of the things that I have thought about, well, you know, Brian, you and I have talked off and on throughout the year or so since I've we've met through work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got to be honest, I, I used to be an outdoorsy guy, but then, you know, I kind of fell in love with the idea of clean beds and a shower and a pool to sleep in. Why do you do the survival thing? What? Are, why are people calling coming to you? Like it's it's twenty twenty one. Why are people coming to you to do and learn about survival? Well, I think you know part of it is um, we've we've lost those skills. So the skills that uh, our grandfather's grandfather would have taught, you know, our dads and stuff, uh, we've lost those. We've all moved into the city, uh, and just the average person just wants to know basic things like how do I start a fire or what's good kit to carry with me and that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's not, you get a few zombie apocalypse people, you know, and some <laughs> of the preppers, right. And, and I have a very diverse uh, group of friends. If, you know, if you look at my Instagram page, you were to look down my followers, you would see, you know, that the tree huggers on one side and the, the complete we're ready for the war on the other, you know, and, uh, uh, so I prefer I, to be called people of nature. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I like to call I, you snowflake. I, you know, I, it's funny because when I started this, um, you know, I, I still was very um, much in the military and, and uh, was still very much that guy, you know, the alpha male or wanted to be. And, um, and so when I would look at bush hippies, I, I would just write them off. I'd be like, oh, God, you know, like. There's no quality in that individual whatsoever. They don't even know what soap is, right? Um, and I would gravitate, gravitate, sorry, towards the uh, the tactical people. You know, the guys that were wearing, you know, combat pants and you know had big ass knives and stuff. And and um, but then I started to realize that those guys aren't nearly as cool as the bush hippie guys. And bush hippie guys will generally carry stuff with them in their pockets that make their day way better than the tactical guys that are straight laced. And that's my own personal opinion. That's interesting. <laughs> so, like, can I get yeah. for my own mind? Does that mean like you know the hippie, the bush hippies, as you call them? Is yeah, that, is that right? I like that sure. term. So the bush hippies, the guys are like, uh, you know, they get the beards, they get the weird glasses, wide the glasses, and the, you know, the floppy hats. You know, not not the J, J W F hats, but you know, yeah. The, what do they What do they care? Like Swiss Army knives, or like you know some twine, or. You know, some well, bubblegum wrappers, MacGyver, everything? Well, no. I mean, there's some basic stuff that you should carry if you're going to go in the woods. And we mm-hmm. kind of all, you know, if if, if you're like in a gathering of, of people that are, are bushcrafters, we'll call them for lack of better words, um, they'll have like certain things. And, and so like a knife. N- knives for bushcrafters or survival guys, um, well jokingly we call it knife porn so if you take a picture of your knife you throw it on instagram you'll, you'll get a ton of likes that, you know for that knife even though it's just sitting there on a block of wood right and it's right right like, why well it's because it's a new knife mm. you know okay. or it looks i like cool. your donut pictures on your instagram i've been taking well, notice of those it, yeah admittedly i didn't get this big by not eating donuts you know um, <laughs> and i appreciate that and it takes a lot of work and i people don't know normally post the work that gets put into to get big. 
It's yeah. Because like, big equals warmth, and warmth equals survival. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's a survival trait, right? So you For write sure that down. You could you could be a new course. Yeah. <laughs> Donut eating. That might be our just just the tip of the day. <laughs> just the yeah. tip of the day. Coming brought to you by. We haven't figured out who's going to be doing it. That's later on in the show, though. Wait for it. That's a teaser. (laughs) (laughs) So So awkward. Um, So I got distracted by the Instagram here. Honestly, that's that's pretty. Scott, Scott, tell what are you finding on the Instagram page? It's the most, you know. Well, I got to go back into his page here, but like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, there's just lots of cool things. But the one thing that sticks out most to me is the uh, Afternoon Social Hazy IPA right next to the Axe. I really oh, want yeah. to know Last what weekend. that's like. Yeah. What's that like? Is it good beer? That's, it is a good beer, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Who's yeah. Where's that from? Because I've never seen it. That, that's Folding Mountain. Folding uh, Mountain. Just before, just before the Jasper Gates there. Oh, oh shit. Okay. okay. I haven't been in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then there's the tent, uh, fire pits. Yeah, you got to... You got a cool tent. I see your tent. That's a really nice tent. So yeah, where do you? So, oh yeah. Uh, let me on. ask real quick. Where do you tend to? Do you do this? Do you have a, a spot in in Alberta? I'm guessing it's you do it mostly in Alberta. Yeah. But do you have like a go to spot, or they go to? Do you have a site that you always go to, or you just meet people where they where they closer to they live? So when I when I started out, it was really mostly just contract stuff, and so people um, would contact me, or they would contract friends that are you know, doing this and, and, uh, they'd say, Hey, we want to do a survival course. And, and, uh, and then my friends might not be able to do it. So they, they'd shoot it over to me and they'd be like, Hey, Brian, there's this, you know, this group that wants to do a survival course, you know, you go to them, everything's great. And then I had a chunk of property over here between Gibbons and, uh, and Edmonton. And, uh, it was on this farmer's property and everything was great. And, uh, then he sold the farm. Oh, so, yeah, so then I lost my my place to to train. Um, but uh, luckily for me, a, a friend of mine just uh, he bought property out by, I think it's called Goose Lake, but it's up by Fort Assiniboine. Yeah, and so uh, we're uh, he's developing it uh, for his school. But I I'm lucky enough that I can I can kind of piggyback off of all of his hard work and and uh, you know pay him and start running courses that are there. So so we hmm. just started that, and so that means I'll be up there. Um, that'll be kind of home base for me now. Okay. So because I've got Google maps here going and I actually don't know what the two places you talked about. I know yeah. Gibbons that I know, but the other two, where, where's Fort? Fort Assiniboine. Assiniboine. Yeah. So it's about an hour 45 Northwest. Uh, Fort Assiniboine. Yeah. There you go. Now you'll always Just remember. Tip. Found it. Found it. Found it. That's exactly how it's spelled, people. <laughs> now I'll uh, never forget. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in Fort Ass and Bone. I'll never forget. <laughs> There's not a lot up there. No, but Flatbush. Ah, it's another town. See, well, see my, my wife's family's from Nearlandia, so I should know that, but I, I'm... Yes. I'm uh, I'm from down south. And that's so. actually a made-up town. She's not really from there. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, totally right. a made-up town. It's a, it's a fairy tale place. I've been all over up north. I've never seen Nearlandia near or whatever this make-believe town is 760. 
You'll know it by the co-op. It's the biggest co-op I've ever seen in my uh, life. Okay, okay, yeah. It's uh, I'm telling you. Yeah, they've got, they've got gear. It's, you just gotta cause... go past that co-op, and there's Nearlandia. No, no, it is Nearlandia. The co-op is Nearlandia. Oh, this is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Narnia, but uh... I know that's what I said. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't believe her, and then we were at some random place, and then everybody knew who who her family was, and I'm like, "This just no, it's just this, they're all paid actors. There's no way this is real." No, no, then, it sounds like a chapter out of the Neverending Story. It's true. <laughs> it is a different place up there. I, I digress, but yeah, no. Moving back to Brian and, and Fort Assenbone. Yeah, can't believe it. Um, but I mean, to to do you know bushcraft or, or whatever. Um, I, I go out to the the Redwater Natural Area a bunch because it's you know close to here, um, and it's still somewhat wild. Um, I mean, tons of quarters and, and dirt bikers and that kind of stuff. But, sure, but you know, you can still do pretty much anything you want so so what do you do with a city slicker like me like what do you, you like i'm not i shouldn't say it totally but i've become a city yeah slicker. roll us in on like how you get to get you and wh- what would you do would you well, yell I, at me first and say you you i'd fuck no, you, you know that's I would it's, totally it's funny that that is totally uh an american way of of doing training um, oh, okay so it's it's funny because there's a very distinct difference between Canadian and American survival training and, and that I've noticed since doing this. And so Americans like to put stress and, and make you feel like you're at boot camp. Um, Canadians, for some reason, we're more like you're on a vacation and we're going to somehow <laughs> teach you better things along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think there's some value in, in some of that stress, but I'm not going to wake you up at three in the morning and, and tell you you need to start a fire or do something ridiculous because... At the end of the day, I, I want you to take like my, my beginner, my intermediate and advanced course. And if right. I'm the asshole and the beginner, you're not coming back for anything else, right? So I don't know how Americans uh, trick people into yelling at them and, and uh, think that that's cool. I mean, I've had people call me up and be like, hey, could you, um, could you drop me off in the middle of nowhere and then... Um, like uh, come back in three days and and you know teach me how to survive and I'm like no no I wouldn't you know I don't I, I see zero value in that right I so, see liability dollars all over that oh yeah, yeah yeah right I dropped them off right here honestly I don't know what happened you know so <laughs> I don't know why my insurance is like ten million a year um, well and and that was the funny thing too because uh, trying to get insurance for for this kind of business it was they were like what are you doing yeah, you're, oh, yeah. You're going to teach people how to start fires and play with knives? Mm-hmm. Mm, super safe. Mm. Super safe in our, in our nanny state that we live in. Yeah, she just told yeah. me you're a guide. Oh, so that was the funny part because they're like, you're not guiding. And I'm like, okay, I'm not guiding. You know, I'm like, what happens if I guide? They're like, your insurance will go from uh, where it is now to 18000 a year. Ooh. And it was like a lot cheaper, about a, about a grand. Um, yeah, to eighteen. That's a huge leap. I was like, no, I'm not guiding at all. <laughs> yeah, heck no, because I don't make that much money in a year. <laughs> yeah, gu- gu- yeah, guides make when they're good, they're good. Yeah, they, they earn it. I mean, not they earn it; they they collect it. They make bank. I, I, I think I think the biggest thing about taking people who have zero skills 
uh, mm. and bringing them to where they're confident with the woods. That's that's what bushcraft is. Is is what I do is I want you to learn how to use all the tools in the forest um, to make your life happy while you're in the forest. So it's not so much about survival because anybody can really survive. You can survive forty days without food, right? And, right. Okay. And so for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be happy, <laughs> you know, but yeah. but you can survive. Uh, for 40 days without food and everybody always worries about food first right like we have uh what we call survival um priorities and food is the last one wait 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 let's do a test S- scott what would you pick as the priorities if you're in survival mode like if you're like okay i'm i, I food, we now know food's not the number one priority what would you go i go you've had a long day so i'm sure you're super sharp right now but just it doesn't matter you have no wrong answer we have a we have a not honestly, a guy honestly we have for a teacher me, here. It, the First thing that comes to mind would be clothing. I hope I have enough of it on me. I can yeah. always wear it, but I can't, or I can carry it, but I can't have. Like, if I was just dropped in the middle of fucking butt fuck nowhere, I would be hoping I'm wearing something close to what I'm wearing. Okay, yeah. let's do three. And, me, and maybe a toque. A toque. Everyone needs a toque. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I think. I don't know. Would you pick water or would you pick fire? Yeah, you could find Next. water. I can't find I fire. Can't, I can't find long johns. I, I think fire would be my number, my first go to. Yeah, but how do you carry it around? Well, you, you make it first. But oh, I don't know God. how. I, this is my guess. Like, if I had to choose, if I had the skill. There. You, 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 have, you don't have a lighter anymore. <laughs> it's a, like, he's, he's flash, Brian's flashing a, a lighter on our screen right here. That's yeah. exactly what you do. I don't know. I don't know how I would start a fire. Are you saying that we should take the course? I'm saying I'd be hitting a lot of rocks together, hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some basics, honestly, that you should be um, thinking about bringing with you. Um, it's funny because I just kind of skimmed over uh, some of the podcasts uh, this afternoon, and I I heard um, about the kit that's in the truck because you're always in the truck and you're you're sleeping yeah. and and jokingly you said like a pillow and a blanket which is oh there's a lot in that truck to be honest yeah yeah there's I imagine, candles you know, there's latches there's gas there's oh shit i can yeah, literally right. live in my truck for a month if i had to <laughs> right and and that's the thing right it, it, i mean if if you break down in in buttfuck yeah. alberta somewhere then yeah. you better you know have something right because there's no cell phone service there's no yeah. nothing right um but well, i've some been of the stranded that... for nine hours and minus 35 in that truck before with no cell yeah. service nothing and eight and, and... eight and a half hours later a grader happened to be coming by plowing a road that should not have been plowed and i just kind of heard it ran to the noise and said hey i'm over here and he's like why are you there i'm like i don't know but i'm there <laughs> please help yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it sucks being stuck. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, I, got, uh, I got stuck uh, out in uh, Wilmore Wilderness uh, in the wintertime. I think it was February with a dude from Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, like, how is he even surviving five minutes in the cold? Did he bring bourbon? Uh, he did. He did That's... bring a really nice bottle of bourbon. So. Nice. Good man. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, so uh, you guys are both right. Um, clothing 
is number one. Uh, and, and that fire is part of that. And we, we just call that shelter. We just throw that all in there. Nice. Clothing, so, fires, all shelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look how so, smart we are. Yeah. So you guys are right on the, awesome. on the money. And the second one you were thinking about was, was water. That's, that's, a, you know, three days. You got three days mm-hmm. without water and you're screwed. You know, even though we drink coffee, like it's going out of style. Yeah. Never drink water. <laughs> yeah. True. That's true. But, but no, you, you need that water. So, um, so yeah, you guys are right on the money. Look at that. We could survive. We got at least yeah. a good three days of survival down, maybe 40. Yeah. So someone and, comes, reaches out to you. They come, they sign up for a course. And let's yeah. just say they're, um, let's just say they're an intermediate. Someone that's, you know, grew up on a farmer, an acreage, been outdoorsy their whole life, but really wanted to know some more advanced techniques on what to do if you were stranded in the middle of nowhere. You run through me, me just a little bit and Eldon just a little bit, but what that would look like, where would you go? Like what, yeah. what would that trip yeah. entail? So, I mean, once you have the, the basic skills down, let's say fire lighting skills, um, and I could see that, that you're, you know, you're, you're not trying to throw a, a jerry can of fuel on the, on the <laughs> fire pit and, and doing the old white man's fire. Um, then, uh, then, you know, we can go through other things. So, um, so this, this thing here, um, is called a ferrocium rod, but basically, um, it, some people call it a metal match, uh, but basically it's uh, magnesium and, and a bunch of other metals. But once we strike it, it throws off a spark that comes off at about 5,000 degrees, which is great, but it really only happens in this last inch. So if your tinder isn't there, yeah. you're not, you're just making sparks, right? But so I get show one you how of those. To, uh, you know, they used to be really hard to get, uh, but you can literally get them everywhere. Like Lee Valley has them on sale this week. Oh, cool. You know. Yeah, you know, which is you know, you, you don't sell them on your on your website. No, you know what? I uh, I thought about trying to sell stuff on my website, and uh, it just turned into a big gong show. And mm-hmm. I'm not oh, that yeah. guy, you know. So if you come and you take a course from me, and you want to buy, you know, one from me, then great. You know, if you need a knife, I've got them. You know, but uh, um, yeah, I just I started to realize that uh, I am not uh, a salesman. Um, I I really love teaching bushcraft um but all the other stuff that's come along with it like that instagram page and and youtube and all that stuff i I suck at it you know i should be better at it but i I suck at it and i'm just like oh god you know and and the thing about youtube is that no matter what i would put on youtube somebody's already done it and probably better like in a in a more cinematography whatever cinematic whatever yeah. yeah there's but you never know you never know with youtube there's you might be right there might be somebody doing it more polished or whatever mm-hmm. but there's also people that are taking your course that would like to show other people what you do but who knows i well, I, I totally get you i totally get yeah you, it's it, so so yeah we we take that guy who's already got some skills and we just polish the skills and then we show him some things Show them how to make some tools. So maybe uh, how to make some some ski shoes, how to make a pack frame, um, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. how to make shelters, um, and and just kind of think outside the box. That's the biggest part about doing this is that um, first of all, if if, if you're going to go take training from somebody and he calls himself an expert, uh, look somewhere else uh, because anybody who considers themselves an expert at something means they're done learning and. Uh, 
so you want to continue down that path, right? So I started at, you know, walking and, and now I think I'm jogging. I'm, I'm not running yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so, so yeah, there's so much to learn. The beauty of bushcraft is that it's not just the survival aspect of it. So that's where it starts, but then you start to see things that you like. And so when I took a, a course from uh, my mentor, Morris Kohansky, one of his instructors, Kelly Harleton said, um, okay, we're going to go 800 meters and we're going to go cut down some willows to, to do some knife skills things on. And it took us an hour and a half to go that 800 meters because somebody stopped him and said, Hey, what's this plant? And it, it started into a plant walk. And, hmm. you know, an hour and a half later, I was like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing in the world because there's all these plants that we walk by every day and they're medicinal or they're edible or they're useful in, in making cordage or, or shelters or whatever. And we just walk by them because we don't even know. Right. Right. And, wow. And, and so this is where you can take that guy who's, you know, maybe got good camping skills, but now you can bump them up and you can show them a few plants or you can show them a few different shelters or, or that stuff. So it's, it's, it's more than survival. It's like a lifestyle almost. Yeah, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. like like I said uh, uh, in my, you know, uh, my motto, I guess we'll call it, was that, you know, I'm, I'm teaching you how to live in the woods, not just survive. And that's the thing is that I want you to be able to, to go into the woods, be comfortable that you're there, first of all, because there's lots of spooky things in the woods. And then I want you to be able to look around the woods and say, oh, there's my stuff for my bed. There's my stuff for my fire. There's some food, you know, whatever. Huh. Wow. Nice. I feel like I feel like inspired. Like if it wasn't like it, you know, whatever time at night it is, I'd say let's let's go. Yeah. Let's go learn. Yeah. Let's, let's pay you. Let's go. Um hmm. hmm. So, when did you start? Like when did you start going, you know, this is something interesting. Why why would you choose So you and you get, you're in the military, you you you're doing this bushcrafting. But what was that? What was that jump for you that were like, you know, I'm going to start teaching this? So I, I've been teaching in the military in one form or another since like 1998, um, and uh, so I like teaching, um, but I, I just, you know, I don't have the marks to to go to university and be a teacher. Um, and originally, my plan when I retired out of the military, I was going to go be a guide. I was like, yeah, awesome. I'm going to go guide. You know, I'm going to take people on the West Coast Trail. And I was living out in, on Vancouver Island at the time. And, and I came off the West Coast Trail. And um, my knees were shot for like a month. They were shot. And wow. I was like, okay, I can't guide, you know, because I can't do just one trip a month. You can't live off that. How do you, you sustain know? that kind of – if you do more than that, how did you do that? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So – you know, with being in the infantry before, being a firefighter after that, just two trades that are horrible on your knees. And so I knew that guiding was out. And so I was like, what am I going to do? And then I, um, somebody said, well, hey, you like to teach. You should just teach this outdoor stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was already, you, you already teach your friends. Anything you're passionate about, you teach your friends about that, right? Like you, you want them to be passionate about it too because they're your friends. So I... Um, was already teaching friends how to do stuff. And, and somebody said, you're good at this. You should do this. And, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then I, I took a course um, out here um, in Wildwood. And uh, and I met Morris Kohansky. So Morris uh, 
is a survival instructor, was a survival instructor until he passed away a couple years ago. And um, he was, he's, he, you know, he was nicknamed the, the godfather of, of Canadian bushcraft, which is a pretty big title uh, in, yeah. in my wow. circle. And, uh, and so the, I just was right place, right time and ended up, you know, getting to meet Moores, know Moores, learn from Moores, and then learn from all of his descendants. And, and, you know, they turned into my mentors. And uh, I've just been in a really lucky place because at the time I was like, cool, I got to learn from this guy who's been doing it for 50 years. You know, um, little did I realize that he was that big and that important. And so just being in that circle has made me more attractive to some people because they're like, okay. oh, you're, you're a Moore's man. Oh, okay, cool. You know, I want to take a course from you, you know, so. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So like how often, so you said, you mentioned the military and you, you served, like I, I mentioned the Patricia's, uh, mm-hmm. Princess Patricia's Light Infantry. Um, but you were saying, were you in BC during that in your service as well? Or is yeah. it always up here in, in the Edmonton area? Yeah, so I started here in, uh, in 1997 um, with the Patricias here uh, in Edmonton. And then uh, after my tour in Afghanistan in 05, I got my transfer to Air Force Firefighter. And uh, so from there, I got posted straight to Trenton, Ontario, because uh, they wanted to get the army out of me. Um, and then uh, from Trenton, I went to Victoria because uh, part of your, your task as an Air Force firefighter, you have to, to spend uh, three years on ships, or you did, uh, to protect the aircraft on the, on the ships. Not that we have aircraft carriers. I don't want anybody to, to think we're that rich. We do have helicopters on our, her- air, on our, on our boats. Well, yes. Our ships, yeah. yes. Yeah. And uh, so that was cool um, because I was on the West Coast and I got to be on Vancouver Island and you know, if you haven't been, you should. You should go out to Vancouver Island because it's beautiful. Um, and then uh, I got posted back to Edmonton and finished out uh, in 2017. So that was it. Did you ever go Glad to the clam back. bucket at Port Alberni? Uh, probably not, only f- because I'm not a huge seafood guy. Oh, so I clam bucket. I'm so hungry right now thinking <laughs> about it. Let's just take a moment, everybody, so Scott can just uh, mop up that, that drool from the yeah. clam bucket. Yeah. Yeah, you good, man? You oh, good? so good. it's so so much butter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's not really the seafood; it's the butter. Anyways, back back to Brian. Sorry. Back to Brian. All I heard was a clam bucket. Yeah, oh, you didn't yeah. say clam bucket. Oh, maybe it was no, just me. No, that was just yeah. you saying clam bucket over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's butter. so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you served. Uh, were you, was it on the mechanized side or is it like, I don't really don't understand like the, I'm not a military guy. Yeah, no. You know, I like following some stuff, but that's about it. Yeah. So I was, the first battalion was, was mechanized or, or mobilized. So the term was mobilized because we had wheeled vehicles. Uh, the second battalion, they had, uh, track vehicles. They were in Winnipeg and then they moved out to Brandon. And then uh, the third, they were light infantry, so they uh, had no vehicles, and they had paratroopers, and you know all the all the cool stuff. And that's originally where I wanted to go because all my buddies went there. I started off in the reserves and and um, did five years in the reserves, uh, and so I was in high school and and you know playing weekend warrior and doing all that fun stuff. And and then you know when you start to realize you need to have a full time you know gig, 
and the military was like, we'll take you. So I was like, okay, you know, and, and my buddy lied to me and told me that, uh, Edmonton was so awesome that you could see the mountains from Edmonton and stuff. And I, I, I believed all this stuff. I had no idea. Right. No idea. Right. So 21 years old, I move out here and, uh, I start looking for the mountains and, and they're like, what are you looking for? I'm like the mountains are like, dude, those are four hours away. I'm like, Oh, what have I done? <laughs> I feel you, man. I grew up in Calgary. So. Yeah, I mean, there you can the, see the. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we started. I started in Calgary, so I li- originally got posted to Calgary, and we moved okay, up yeah. this the summer of '97 uh, f- from the base there. And they pretty uh, much, it's not completely shut down there, but it's pretty much a skeleton there, isn't it? Or is yeah, it gone, gone? I, I think it's gone, gone. I think there's for a, a reserve while unit had, there. Yeah, like for a while they had a, a building there uh, that was like a reserve headquarters or something. You know, yeah. basically they paid a lot of money to build a brand new building, and they were like, "Well, we should probably live in it for a couple years." You know, <laughs> but but yeah, I don't even know if even that's there anymore. Maybe cadets at the best, if not yeah. even. Yeah, you know, that's sad. We'll just yeah. make it Mount Royal University or something, and you know, that's right. Just make it bigger. Yeah. No, and then you moved up here in Edmonton, and you served up here. So, where were you? Were you in the vehicles? Uh, like I don't I actually don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Like I assume yeah. there's like you have your your battalion, your anyways, your squads assigned yeah. to each vehicle, and then you have your guys operating the vehicles. Or do, is it all interchanged? Or can you? So I I started out. No, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, there's. I, I did a very short stint in our special forces and and uh, realized it wasn't for me. And, but uh, that's the only stuff I won't really talk about. But is it because but, uh, of the tattoos? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I I yeah. quit. I fucking hate tattoos. <laughs> Honestly, you ever seen a bumper sticker in a Ferrari? Yeah. <laughs> no. Just saying. Just saying. No, it's uh, my body so, is a is a whatever your shrine. Whatever, what's the thing? What do people say? My body is a temple. Temple. Shrine's kind of the same. Anyways, back to Brian. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, yeah, I, I started out in, uh, in the infantry and, and, uh, I was just a regular, uh, you know, rifleman, we'll call it. Um, and then, uh, shortly after arriving at Edmonton, I got sent over to reconnaissance platoon and we're kind of the, the pointy end of the stick. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, we went in first, uh, we were really good at hide and seek you know, when people used to ask me, like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a hide-and-seek champion. You know, that's what I do. You know, so um worked with the snipers. I wasn't a sniper, but I worked with them. Um mm-hmm. And uh so, you know, got to learn how to do, you know, really good hide-and-seek stuff. And then uh, and then just before the tour in Afghanistan in, in 05, I got switched back to the rifle companies to, to be just a regular rifleman again. Uh And then uh did my tour over there and then came back, like I said, and got my... My transfer to firefighter it was all downhill. <laughs> all downhill. <laughs> a little more peaceful, I'd imagine, out on the water. Well, admittedly, my first year, I hated it. You know, um, my first year as a firefighter. Um, so in 2006, Afghanistan blew up. Um, I lost, you know, two friends in one day, lost some other guys. And uh, I was bitter, you know, because for all this time, I had trained for war. And I had been to Kosovo in 1999. I'd been to Afghanistan in 04, 05. And it, I was in Kabul where it was really quiet. I had a very quiet tour. Only, you know, got a few rockets hucked at us and some rounds over our heads and stuff. But very quiet compared to 06, which was all at war. 
And I was mad because I was like, I missed the war. You know, like mm. I had the opportunity to go to war and I, I turned my back on it and became a firefighter, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So my first year I hated it. I was going to get out. I was going to go RCMP. Um, I was going to come back to Edmonton and, and join EPS here um, because their tack teams, uh, I think Edmonton's tack team, you only needed three years before you could join the tack team or at least p- apply. Uh, right. RCMP was five years. And that was my goal. I was going to go straight into tack and, and go kick in doors and do stuff. And then, sure. yeah. then I woke up and went, Ooh, I don't want to be a cop. <laughs> right. yeah, for those first three years, you're dealing with everything. You're not mm. just doing tack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be, that'd be tough. So, so yeah, anyway, so my, my first little while as a firefighter, I hated it. Um, just because it was so slow. Mm. I was in Trenton. Uh, it was a transport base, so there was no like cool jet fighters landing all the time, like up in Cold Lake. Um, and uh, so it was like, man, I got out of like high tempo to do this: sit around a fire hall, uh, check fire extinguishers, and uh, you know, go <laughs> go to smoke in the in the barracks. You know, and it was like. Yeah. This sucks. Totally different. It's, you're in the military, but you're not in the military. Yeah, it is the yeah. most unmilitary trade in the military, and that's Air Force firefighter. You know, like, wow. um, and it, and it really shouldn't even be in the military, just for the simple fact that you know when you're doing medical calls and you're working on a colonel, and he tells you he doesn't want you to touch him. Well, by rank, you're like, well, I got to listen to this colonel, but by my job, I got to keep this guy alive. You know, right. So there's yeah. there was weird things like that, right? Where you're like, this is dumb. Why don't we just make us all civilians, you know, and and just be firefighters that work for D and D, you know? But yeah, no, that, no, that we've got to hang on to those guys, you know. Ah, well, there you go. Well, just in case you you found some secrets you don't want to pass them on to, you know, you got clear the clearance and yeah, oh you, yeah, we ruled by a different set of uh, laws. That's pretty much <laughs> what I, basically, what I see. Yeah. Why else would you do it? But no, that's interesting. That's interesting. So then firefighter, then you became a civvy firefighter? No. So I was, um, I got out my whole plan. I'm like, I'm going to get out and get a normal job. You know, 25 years in the military, I'm getting a normal job. And I went straight to parks and became a conservation officer. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I literally left night shift and the next morning showed up in Athabasca headquarters and went, hey, I'm here to start my new day. You know, wow. You know, wow. and uh, so that was kind of humorous too because um, originally I thought that I was um, like it was a very long hiring process, and even during the interview when they would ask me like law questions, like, "Hey, this guy's got a dog off leash. What do you do?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Tell him to put it back on leash." You know, and they're like, "Okay, well, what law would that would he be breaking?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know that." dog off leash law you know like i i don't know what your laws are and they're like okay you can learn that and i'm like okay so i thought that like i was going to go to parks and i was going to be i don't know doing like you know walking around and being like hey your music's a little too loud but no they're like you're you're a conservation officer now right like you're 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 yeah 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 yeah, you know and and you're you're going to go bust a party at three in the morning in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. And, and, uh, you're by yourself. Enjoy. 
You know, seems safe. Seems <laughs> yeah. very safe. Yeah. So wow. I, I did that for a little bit. And then I was like, no, I, I got to just get a normal job. And so I did that. And uh, I was working in the in the county and uh, I was making non-destructive testing equipment. I had uh, I had taught this one guy's kid. Uh, uh, I did a, a one day survival workshop for kids and I taught this guy's kid and he's like, hey, man, we're hiring. You should come, you know, apply. And I'm like, sure. No idea about non-destructive testing equipment, no idea about robots or any of this stuff. And I get hired and I'm like, cool. And uh, so I, I literally spent, you know, eight hours a day building robot pieces, you know, wow. um, which was cool, um, completely sure. out of my wheelhouse, you know. But the beauty of it was is that it took me out of the uniform entirely and that mentality entirely. I drew a ton um, mentally and was able to, to then... Um, you know, look at a new career path and, and here I am a, a fire inspector, you know, so um, still within the fire hall, but now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the old guy now. So I'm, I'm riding the desk and, and, you know, looking at buildings and writing reports, you know, so. Yeah. Telling us you're doing it wrong. Do better. <laughs> That's basically what I see here. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. Nice, nice, nice words. Nice, nice, nice words. And then boom, you're doing it wrong. Fix it. <laughs> it's not that bad, guys. It's really Be bad. better. Be better. Yeah. Right. Actually, inspectors are here to help us so that when we so they don't have to come and rescue us later. That's my well, opinion. You I know, I feel that, like it's a bit of a tax crap, but yeah, like whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that's not tax. You know what's a tax crap? The racket is the uh, civilian inspectors that do the the fire testing for the for the buildings. That is a ticket to 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 print money. Yeah. That that, oh, that yeah. job is that what Neil does. No, 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 Neil. No, no, no. no that's still uh, fire inspection. Every time I'm in his truck, I feel like he makes too much money. <laughs> no, that's his wife. That's 100 percent his wife. It, ha- Neil, it, it has to be. It has got to be. be. Yeah, he's or a really nice guy. On the job, he's yeah. a really nice guy, but he just it doesn't seem like smart enough that he would make that kind of money. It's like, all, it must know. be the Haynes commercials he does. <laughs> yeah, you know, Brian can't say anything. Brian, <laughs> don't even laugh. <laughs> don't don't laugh. Oh, I hope Neil listens I don't even to know. this. I oh, hope. Fuck. Well, I'll send this directly to Neil and say, oh. you should hear what Brian said." Oh, yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian just went off the wall. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, Take you know. it all in, beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now I'll never get that image out. <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. He's probably choking on a double cheeseburger right now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Man, now I'm hungry. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Man, that's really interesting. I want some clams. <laughs> I can't. I can't. With some butter, get some butter on that. Yeah, it's just I, the tip. I, isn't isn't that guy? Uh, you know, at at the corner of uh, 28A and 15, isn't he selling like uh, BC seafood? I mean, he sells the beef jerky, and you know. I never the checked out his truck. out of his motorhome. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that, but I, I've never been to his truck. Yeah, I. I it doesn't sound appealing to me. It doesn't no, look. Right? Uh, it doesn't look. Um, how do I say this? Health uh, and safety inspection was never done on the. On yeah, the... it doesn't look like it's a real box truck. Like it doesn't look like it's a real reefer. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I go hassup on his ass all day long. Like, what's the temperature of that right now? 
Oh, it's seven degrees. Yeah, I'm definitely going to purchase this. Yeah, for sure. No. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Do you know how you keep things cool, though? What you got to do is if he had a Kalani Sports Oh, there's uh, a plug. Cooler, you know what? <laughs> you know, if you want a Kalani Sports cooler, our sponsor today is Kalani Sports. You're gonna you can reefer truck, yeah. your, your, yeah. reefer truck your whole truck with Kalani coolers, and now it's legit. And you know how you hook yourself up with those coolers? What you do is you go to Two Dads Against the World uh, website. Go to DadMine. You click on the link. You pick your favorite cooler, and at checkout, type in the code 2DADSATW. you get 10% off your purchase. As many coolers as you want, I think. Yeah, make it multicolored. Yeah, make it pretty in there. Yeah. That's how you keep things cold. That's how you do That's how you there do it. Thanks, Kalani Sports. That's the HACCP, HACCP guidance of the day. Look at that. That wasn't even – that was a perfect segue. Got that. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> no, send that link directly to Kalani Sports. <laughs> not joking. Um, That's so cool, though, how many things you've done. And, mm-hmm. and you said you're one of the old guys now, but you look like you're younger than both of us. Well, Eldon, I don't know. Like He like washes his <laughs> face with like like – What's that stuff that Tom Cruise uses? Baby tears. Like, baby tears. No, yes. it's, it's like the baby. It's, a, it's the placenta oil. Yeah, yeah. Youth skin. It, it's known as mung. Yeah. Mung. Oh, mung. That's, there's a name for it. Mung. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what Eldon uses. He's got like a mung cream as his after balm, aftershave balm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, yeah. We could compare ages. I know Scott's a young buck in the group. I know that. I totally am. But why have I aged so miserably? Well, you just drive like you wouldn't believe. That's what it is. You drive so much. I don't know. I I think if you were to get, you know, a a week of sleep, it would just come back. Yeah. You You need sleep. That's probably what it is. I agree with Brian. Such a waste. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's funny because when I was listening to that one, um, I think it was the, the last podcast where you, you talked about like waking up at the the walmart parking lot in slave lake or something and you're oh, like yeah. what the hell right and i was like yeah what the hell dudes <laughs> <laughs> you need to slow honestly, down <laughs> honestly though like i that's not the first time that that's happened like oh like i'm just yeah i don't know how the fuck i'm still alive I think the the the, the in, most interesting story I remember you telling me about was the time where I think you were either napping or something in your truck, and the wolves up north were like circling your truck. Yeah, a pack of and, timber wolves came after the truck and sort of circling around because Sassy was in the truck. Yeah, and the windows so were I, down, and she was probably you know having a sweat, so they could smell that. And yeah, wanted to get after it. How um how big are these timber wolves? Um. Probably about three feet high, really slender, um, mangy. Just how long are they? How big? Like how, like a? Oh, if they you, if they if they stood up, they'd be as tall as me at least. Like if they so could, yeah. they could put their paws on my shoulder and look me straight in the eye. Yeah, yeah, big dogs, that's, big dogs. That's big enough. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, but that's really, enough. but like, but like lean. Like every one of them look like Usain Bolt. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. what they look like. Okay. No, still, yeah. I wouldn't want to be circled. Yeah. So. If they if they were a bunch of fat wolves out there, I'd be like, yeah, no problem. I'll come out there and kick your ass because obviously you're just lazy, eating all day dead rabbits. But these guys here, they look hungry. So I'm like, yeah, no. But so, yeah. yeah. But then I just, just drove two miles down the road and slept again. 
I was going to say, then Survival Instinct kicked in. You just put it in gear and drove forward. Yeah, well, I tried to hit one. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even need to be taught that. You just knew by instinct. So you could no, do well, that. Well, Sassy was going apeshit, so I had to go and drive and calm her down. I'm like, all right, shut up. I need to sleep. <laughs> and oh, two there's hours. wolves outside. Yeah, there's wolves outside, yeah. Yeah. Not a really yeah. big deal. Like, I was so used to coyotes as a kid. Like, I had a window that was, like, basically ground level. And at, at night, coyotes would come and check out my window. Yeah. In the basement I was sleeping, so I thought that was kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, bam, German Shepherd would, like, just body check it out of the way. And I'm like, yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> my and two German, done. My, yeah, and my done. two German Shepherds would take a pack of coyotes just out. Wow. Just done. They were fun to watch. Man, Unlike these yeah. city dogs, they just take it. Well, it, it's funny because, like, the, the city coyotes that are happening now, right? I mean, Oh, yeah. Uh, Yep. They, they don't even like they don't even flinch like yeah. i was over at, at neil's house a few weeks ago and there's a park around the corner from his place and and uh i there was a coyote there and i rolled down the window i'm like hey i beat it and it just looked at me like what are you doing yelling at me like, <laughs> screw you what's wrong with you, you yeah, got yeah. dog this treats is a, this is my yeah. neighborhood shut up <laughs> yeah exactly you're not from go around here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny you say that last night one was just walking up our street and I was like, oh, cool. So I go in the house. I'm like, hey, uh, Michelle, check out the coyotes. about to walk uh, past our backyard here, right by along the chain link. I'm like, yeah, cool. And it was a good-sized coyote. Like, he wasn't manged up, nothing. Like, he was just eating every cat, dog, food, dish outside. He <laughs> was <cat>. healthy. <laughs> and, and, and cat. cat. Which yeah. is, is totally fine, in my opinion. It's good for the neighborhood for the cats to go goodbye. It it really is. I yeah. feel like it keeps the wild cat population down. Sorry, so Brian, if you're a cat person, just this no, show does no. not support cats. Yeah, no, it's it, I, I have, have two one, of them, and that's too too many. Yeah, I I hear you. I uh, I'm in the same boat. I had to get a cat because dogs were too much work. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. yeah, did you have to drive the medicine hat for a cat? This guy no. drove the medicine hat. What? That's bad shit crazy. That must be a special cat. No, it's an evil, evil cat. It destroyed our, his set on one of our shows. Yeah. His back is plan in the background. It was During the show. He took the tree down. In the yeah. middle of the show. Yeah, broke a tree. If you scroll through our, our uh, website and you see the shows from last season, there's one with a cat face on it. That's the show that the cat destroyed the set. So. But now he's just adopted a dog. He had his first day on the road today. It's a big day for him. Big day. Yeah. Young young pup? <sighs> young pup, three months old. He just got snipped yesterday, eye surgery, Oof. and then did a then did a fourteen hour day on the road with me today. What kind of dog? He loves it. Uh I don't know. He's uh he's um he's a Is shepherd he like a cross. Thing? He's a rescue thing. He's a mutt. Yeah. yeah. Nice. He's yeah. a mutt. Yeah. Really that's good what I got dog. Too. Yeah. Really good dog. Yeah. I've I've got a, well, she was supposed to be a Rottweiler Shepherd Cross. Okay. We got her as a pup. And uh, so she's this little black furball and everything was yeah. great. And then like two weeks later, she starts to grow a little bit. I'm like, this is a friggin' Border Collie. I'm like, oh, Ooh. God, what oh. have I done? You know? <laughs> oh, so she's a Border Collie Cross. Oh, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> we got to go do shit, you know? And it's like, no, no. You want me to get you yeah. slippers? I can get you slippers. I can get you slippers. Right now. Do you want a house coat? Do you want a house coat? I can get you coffee. I'll make you coffee. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Get to the yeah. truck. Exactly. Oh, I love collies. 
Yeah. Yeah. So lucky for me though, she's she's mixed with a uh, we, I think a Gordon Setter, and um, so how is that? That's a Gordon. So, yeah, I was going to ask the same. So Gordon Setter is kind of like an Irish Setter, but it's it's black and it's got the brown paws. So it looks the colors almost look Rottweilerish in the way that they have the brown paws okay. and they have their little eyebrow brown, you know, and the brown muzzle and that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, it's still got that Irish setter with the long hair and the tail and, and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I have tons of dog hair in my house. Like if you were allergic to dog hair, I'd just say, don't, don't even come to my place. Cause mm-hmm. I, I yeah. can't stay on top of it. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a single dad and, um, it's not a priority. I'm not going to lie. Right. Right. <laughs> That's it. How old are your kids? Uh, so my girls are 16. I have, I have twins. Twins. Twin yeah. 16 year old girls right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Fuck, man. Yeah, dude. That's oh. that's. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. I'm uh, gonna have. I'm gonna drink this beer. This is it, this is for you, Brian. To Brian. Thanks to Brian. Yeah. To Brian. Thanks. Thanks, Good guys. Lord, <laughs> bless your heart. That's all we gotta say about that. You know what? You know what we should do at this moment in the show. We've got. I want to thank everybody that writes into our show and and asks for some suggestions. And this one were, was brought to us to our attention that um, hey. Guys, can you give us some tips on how to do dad stuff or life? Now, first I got to say, we're not experts on anything. Like, there's nothing that, well, Scott might be an expert on a few things. But generally, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a pro parent. I'm not anything. But I'll give you advice if you want it. But I'm not saying it's good advice. I'm just going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know. I don't know what's good. So the, the. We'll do this. I think this is going to be a new segment of each of our coming up shows, our episodes coming up, where we're going to do a tip for fathers or dads or guys or whatever. This is for the guys, not for the moms, not for the girlfriends, not for anybody else, but for the guys. So the segment is called Just the Tip. It's kind of for the girls, though. It's kind it's, of. Yeah. If you do a good job, yeah, this pro tip will help you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So today's tip is don't let your kids too close to the fire. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. That's the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Brought to you by Johnson's Wood Floors. That's right. That's right. Where he lays down the full hardwood. (laughs) Just the tip. I mean hardwood full. Full, full, like the the long plank, the white. So it's gonna oh, look good. This is and not it's coming gonna, out right. It's, it's gonna feel good on your feet. Wood. No wait. It's Johnson's. It's wood floors. It's hard. It's wood. It's installed. The, the wood's hard. Mm. But but this. It's we gotta just work a on tip. this, Scott. We got Scott. Just, just it's just we'll, a tip. <laughs> we'll talk to Chris and how we wanna. But the segment's called just the tip. So keep the kids away from the fire. That's the tip. That's a tip. Wow, that's a good. That's a good tip. I think it. I think it's pertinent to today's show. I mean, yeah. that's a survival tip, if you will. Yeah, it's a yeah. outdoors tip. It's a fire inspector's tip. <laughs> so, it's I, a hot I, tip. I, funny enough, a story has come to my head with this. Oh, and, uh, So um, I was down um, in uh, Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, so it's about twelve hours south of here, and. Um, I went to this primitive skills gathering and um, huh. it it was really interesting because there were some people that were there that were kind of like LARPers 
you know, you know those live action role player guys. You know that, that they pretend to be knights and they go around and you know. It's like a weekend of guys stuff. dressing up with like a role playing game, but it's all live and they have foam foam swords and they hit people and they have rules. Yeah. So you've but, seen oh, that, okay? Right? I know. No, yeah. I, okay. So you have you have in a in a um, in the movie. Uh, dang it! Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. They're all dressed like uh, medieval uh, soldiers. Knights and but, shit. Yeah, yeah, knights, yeah. And then they and she broke it up or something. Uh, Seth yeah. Rogen, Bill Seth Hader. Seth Rogen, Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow, it's going... It's going you guys keep talking. I'm going to look it oh, up. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm at this thing, and there's people there that are dressed in, like, uh, uh, skins and, and furs and, you know. Okay. And then there's, like, people that are just dressed normally, too, right? But there's people that, like, literally dress up for this, this thing. And, um, and so I go to the Walmart, and I get this pack of, of uh, marshmallows. And they're, they're, like, this big. They're these massive square marshmallows. And I don't know why I wanted them. I think it was just because they were the biggest marshmallows I'd ever seen. And mm-hmm. I thought, I should have You should this. get them. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. And then I, you know, once I got back to the camp with them, I was like, what am I going to do with these stupid things? And so I literally walked around with a marshmallow stick and a bag of marshmallows. And I was like, hey, man, you want a marshmallow? And I started with this, like, this kid by the fire. And um, so you know how kids like marshmallows. Well, like, they're... They just start them on fire, right? Like they, right, right, it right. It just didn't happens, right? And the next move is then to swing the stick as fast as possible <laughs> to try to put out said marshmallow. Right. And all I could see was this dude in buckskins. Like, he's like a mountain man, right? And he's got buckskins from head to toe. He's got thousands of dollars worth of stuff on. And this kid wildly swinging this marshmallow stick, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, stop, you know? And, uh, and then... Uh, so he, you know, blows it out and then pulls off this bunch of goo and then jams that into his into his pie hole. And then his brother comes out of nowhere and he's like, "Can I have one?" So those kids <laughs> fired like five of those marshmallows each into him. And then I sent them <laughs> on their merry way. Right? I'm like, "Enjoy, Good mom luck, and dad. dad. Yeah, Good luck. You know? like you should have supervised your kid around the fire, but hey, that's, you know, that's not on you, Brian. That's a hundred percent the parents' fault. That's on." The gigantic marshmallows, the massive ones. Yeah, yeah. They're like yeah. probably, you know. You could probably get about ten, 10 layers on those things. I've seen them in the stores. You probably can just layer that for like an hour. Just scrub. Yeah, yeah, get right? Delicious, oh, yeah. yeah. Delicious yeah, bird- charcoal in you. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. I fact-checked this uh, situation. Super bad. I believe there's Super a bad? LARPer. Oh, okay. I, think, I think there's a LARPer one in there where maybe one no, of the but- actors within a other movie with LARPers. I don't know. Oh, there is. The guy who played Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's him and uh, the dude, where's my car guy, um, you know, and Stifler guy. Yes. Um, the two of them were in a movie where they have to, like, do community service and they have to, like, help uh, these kids out. And, uh, yeah, they're they're LARPing in that, too. I wish I could remember the name of that. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a popular thing. So, Marvel. yeah, it, apparently it is. And, uh, you know, hmm. it's funny. I, I had a dude when I worked in Trenton, um, this guy, why you would tell anybody this? I have no idea. But he, he, uh, he's like, uh, hey, he was French too. And he's like, hey, look, 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 I want you to see my webpage. And uh, he opens it up 
And there's a picture of him dressed um, like Luke Skywalker. And we're like, what, what's this? And he's like, oh, I, I go have this club. We go, we do Star Wars. And it's like, and then he like clicks on another picture. And there he is in his night stuff. And he had made chain mail. And he had spent something like 1,800 hours on this stupid chain mail. Bending each link of, of chain to make this whole shirt of chain mail. So... Where this story ends up getting really funny is that um, he decides one day he needs to go out and practice his broadsword swinging ability. And so he goes out into his backyard and starts swinging his broadsword, you know, like a, a knight. The problem is his backyard opened up onto the schoolyard, which had <laughs> children in it. No. So, the, so the MPs show up, guns drawn, you know, get out of the crowd, right? And um, <clears throat> he wasn't allowed to touch anything sharp for the next six months. It's pretty hard when you're a firefighter. You can't touch the axes. So when wow. he was doing truck checks and stuff, we had to walk around with him and be like, no, you can't touch that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so I was wrong about the movie, but I was right about the actors. So you're right about Paul Rudd. Okay, that movie oh, right. is... Role models. Role right. models. Yeah. So the one of the kids from Badass, not Badass, whatever I said. Super so bad. The, super bad. He's in this movie called Role Models. Looks funny. Okay. But the the thing is, you know the guy from um, Game of Thrones, a short, the midget guy or the small person guy? Oh, what yeah, a, yeah. Peter yeah. Dinkling. Mm-hmm. Dinklage. Dinklage, yeah. He's in another movie <laughs> is that called. his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's his name. <laughs> What a also, fucking shit ant. I'm sorry. I know. I'm it's sorry. A, that's, a, that's a bad ant right there. He, oh. He's made the best of it, but though. But that, that guy is bawling right now. Oh, bawling yeah. after Game of Thrones. Well, oh. first, first you Make gotta, fun I, of my name all you want. You will yeah. eat this dicklage. Uh, you also got to remember, he was in uh, the movie Elf as that star writer. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There you go. He's in this movie called Bad At the no, Knights of Do you Bad work for Santa? <laughs> and where he they're doing LARPer and there's some this look it up guys. I don't know if I'll ever watch the movie, but there's some funny funny clips to see. Anyways. How role models oh. made Paul Rudd a star, whatever. Let's look it up. Anyways, that's too <laughs> funny. Hey, this has been fun. We should bring you on again in the future. No sure. what we should do is we should go out and do some 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 te- you should be teaching us next summer. Let's, I don't want to do winter. I'm too soft. I'm way Whoa. too soft. I saw your <laughs> pictures and I want to whittle a spoon. Yeah, I've got, well, I've got I've got the tools. I should, I just I want to whittle a spoon now because I'm just like, dude, that's pretty that's pretty nice work right there. I like that. You know, honestly, that started with um, um, literally just I needed uh, something to. Yeah, I needed a spoon. <laughs> You know, so I uh, I carved one and that was cool. And then uh, there's this guy um, who does bushcraft over in the UK. His name is Ray Mears and he's on the BBC. He's got, you know, a bunch of shows. He actually does a really good series on Canada. Um, but um, um, he did this, you know, short video on how to carve a spoon. And I was like, oh, there's like actual knives for it. Because you get these hook knives and that's how mm-hmm. you do oh. and stuff. And uh, so I was like... I was like, cool, I'm going to go buy one of these hook knives. And, yeah, like, I'll spend hours 
you know, carving spoons, and it's just like the rest of the world goes away, you know. And mm-hmm. That's good. It's, it's, it's like ther- Yeah, it's my therapy. Yeah. you know, like huh. yeah, just just sit in the basement and make wood chips. That's what I do, you know. So, how do people book? Before we close up, how do people find you? Yeah, how do people right. book with you for for classes and for instruction? So. You can go on my webpage, the uh, threeravensbushcraft.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, those are my two most uh, common places. I, I do have a Facebook page, but I don't really respond much. I, don't, I haven't been on Facebook since COVID hit because the world got crazy, yeah, especially yeah. in Facebook world uh, after yeah. COVID. And, um, yeah, so you can go on there. You can click on a link. Um or uh, you know, DM me. I think is the proper Instagram thing. But you can just well, shoot you're me so message. cool and hip. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, we just yeah. One minute something. you're making a spoon, yeah. and next minute you gotta have a DM oh, okay. or something. I just, you know? I just thought that would yeah. <laughs> direct message, Scott. Yeah. It's not about clams. No. So, hey, Brian, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we look forward to the next time we uh, get a chat with you. And um, you guys have a good weekend and a good evening. And for the rest yeah. of you guys, remember that tip. Just a tip. Keep the kids away from fire. That's a smart one. See you later, guys. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Thanks.